This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Hello, hello. It is great to be back with you on When Spirit Calls. And today our guest is Sylvia Plester-Silk. Sylvia Plester-Silk, RSW, is an intuitive counselor who integrates traditional therapy with Akashic readings and energy work to help individuals transform to a life that is fully on purpose. Over the past 30 years as a social worker, Sylvia has worked for multiple community agencies, assisting thousands of individuals through addictions, mental health, and trauma to find their way. While she was powerful in this work, her results became exponential when she added energy therapies to her work. Sylvia brought energy work into the hospital she worked in and into mental health agencies to assist individuals to heal with ease. During the fall of 2019, she embarked on a life-changing trip to Machu Picchu, where she gained many life lessons and insights that have brought her back to her roots and to open on-purpose transformations. She currently lives in Guelph, Ontario with her husband and her dog, Josie. I'm so delighted to have our guest, Sylvia, today. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of When Spirit Calls. As you have learned, I have the very special guest, Sylvia, with us today. And I'm so excited to have you here, Sylvia. It's great to be here, Deanne. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, you do a lot of work with empaths. And I I struggled my whole life being an empath, but not understanding it. And I, you know, this was something that, you know, I, I felt like I had to shut down my feelings, you know, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't be too emotional, you know, or you're too sensitive. sensitive. Yes, exactly. So you've heard it all. And I'm so excited that this is work that you have leaned into, but I want to know more of the backstory and I know a little bit, but our audience doesn't. And so I would love for you to Bring us into that journey with you of your experience, you know, being an empath and what you went through and, you know, understanding a bit more of like why this is something that you've chosen to really dial into and help people with. So would you share that with us? Absolutely. So where do you, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> Other lifetimes, uh, you know, thousands of years. I will stick with this one. Just for, <laughs> but we'll go back to the 1990s. And at the time that, uh, I guess I would say that for most of my, up until that point, I had been a clueless empath, Ah. meaning I had not a clue that A, there was such a thing as empath, or B, that I was one. I would get feedback on I'm too sensitive, or I'm too, what what, I forget how they used to describe me when I, when my barriers were up, like you just talked about. Oh, yes. Right. Blocked, you know? Yeah. Too assertive, too aggressive. And it was like, Mm -hmm. well, what do you want me to be? So when I left my clueless status was I was in my very, in May of 1995, I was in my first therapeutic touch class, which was my first energy thing that I did. And we got paired up and had to sense one another's energy. 
Mm. And so it was the old hand, once put hands under, one put hands over. And I was paired up with a complete stranger that I'd never met before, but I connected with as soon as I walked in the room. And I, so I sensed, I put my hands over to sense expecting that I would feel nothing. And I had pain shoot up my shoulders, mm. excruciating pain to the point I had to pull them back. And I can gratefully say that I've never experienced that amount of pain in my life again. And I said, I freaked out and I called over Evelyn, who was our teacher and said, what am I doing wrong? And she said, you're doing nothing wrong. And Evelyn's kind and very firm way. And she turned to my partner and said, do you want to tell her or shall I? And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then I learned that she had chronic pain and I was picking up her pain. And that literally shifted my world. Wow. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. Um, because then I started to be able to sense and feel. Now, my empathetic thing, my most strong empathic and intuitive sense is in my body. Right. Yeah. So I would, I remember being in a psychiatric hospital. In fairness, I was a staff member and sitting in a meeting, but Half of me, it felt like I was cut down the center. Half of me was sitting beside this guy who had just found out that his daughter was engaged or having a baby and was like super excited. And so this half of me felt like this was floating. And this other half of me was sitting beside a guy that was really pissed off about something. Uh -huh. And that side of me felt like I was wonking down. Wow. And I was just going, oh, my goodness. I'm sitting in a psychiatric hospital and I'm supposed to be a staff member. Wow. And so I had a way to make sense of that that I hadn't before. Because how can I, a woman who has never been pregnant, know exactly what it feels like to be kicked by a fetus? Mm. Right? Because I can stand beside somebody and feel the stuff. Wow. So I had this massive opening. And then I was going around to people saying, can I help with PT? Can I help with TT? Um, and helping people and then taking their pain away and carrying it myself. <laughs> oh, dear. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. Like, that's great that they don't have a toothache, but I would prefer not to have their toothache for a weekend. Thank you. Right. So then I had to learn, I had to back in 1995, learn how to manage it. Wow. So I could do the work that I needed to do as a therapist. Um, and so at that point, I started to learn techniques for me. It wasn't about passing them on to clients. It was just really trying to keep myself healthy. Yeah. And so I never did anything really with empaths. I never really thought to do it mm. until I left the profession in 2010, came back in 2020 and went, oh my goodness, one of my core things with my target market is most of them are empaths. Wow. Yes. And then I started to go, I'm repeating this stuff with almost every client on how to manage and protect their energy. Although I don't like the word protect, but we don't. Yeah. You know, I think of it as an energetic boundary. Yes, that's how. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
And so I started to go, there's enough out here that I should be doing more on this. Mm -hmm. So I started to do evening workshops on empaths. And it comes into everything that I do, because even when I'm in the midst of doing, so I also do spiritual development groups to help people get in touch with their intuition. And when I'm doing that, I end up talking about it and how to release other people's energy and asking people, is this your energy? Is this somebody else's energy? And helping them get clear on that as well. That's it's so beautiful that you found your way into, you know, the therapeutic touch that you did. What was Mm -hmm. it that brought you there? I'm curious because, you know, you would have been moving through life. So what was it that was that that, you know, that pivoting point where you're like, I need to try this course again, back to the psychiatric hospital, we were working on the addiction unit, and I would run a family group on every Wednesday night. And I was working with a volunteer Yvonne who had done this therapeutic touch stuff. I thought it was pure crap. (laughs) And just hocus pocus and absolutely bloody ridiculous. (laughs) In my most genuinely judgmental way. (laughs) And uh, I had a headache one night. She said to me, I just learned this thing called therapeutic touch. Let me let me do it on you and see if it can help. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. All right. (laughs) And I just I tolerated her doing it, frankly. And so then it felt like my headache flew off the top of my head like a bad toupee on a windy day. And it was like. Oh my goodness, literally within two weeks, I was in my first therapeutic touch class. Wow. Just like that. Yeah. So I love that you shared that because I think so many of us have that innate skepticism, you know, in us. And I mean, I came from a medical background myself. So when people started talking to me about energy and, you know, all the woo woo stuff, I had my backup. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, I don't really buy it. Even when I took my Akashic Records course now a decade ago, I can't believe it's been over, over that much time. But even now, I think back to that and I was a skeptic going in. And that's part of why I took the course is because I was like, I don't believe it. And I'm going to prove myself right. <laughs> and I took the course and I proved myself wrong completely. And so this, I want this to just be an invitation to those people that, you know, maybe you're tuning in for the first time, or maybe you've been tuning in for a while, but you're still skeptical about all the modalities out there and all this energy work. Be curious. Yes. You know, it's worth it. Curious. I, but you know, one of the things I'll say to a clients when I do some emotional shifting, because I don't do therapeutic touch in my practice. It's, it's not aligned with being a registered social worker. But I'll say to them, once they've had a big shift that's unbelievable, I'll say, you know, don't believe me. Go out and do some field research and see if it held, see if it made a difference. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, they'll come back. Like one client last week said to me, she said, I've been in talk therapy before and it didn't work. I need this spiritual thing. I need this spiritual approach. Yeah, that's why this is good therapy. Ah. And I said, well, thank you. But it it's because it's holistic in the whole sense. Like mm-hmm. when I'm looking at somebody, I'm not looking at them as a trauma person with trauma. I'm looking at them as a person with a whole bunch of patterns 
that don't fit anymore. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, let's figure out where this pattern comfort came from, not from a why perspective, but let's find the time frame we need to go to, to release that piece, whether it's this lifetime or past life. Right. And then we can very quickly release it. And their self vision and their self belief shifts in a moment on a dime. Isn't it great when we can prove it to ourselves, right? Like where they get that validation so that they can lean in fully. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's so powerful in that you work with your clients in that way of like, okay, now go and see, you know, don't take my word for it, you know, feel it, know it, you know, check it out. Right. And, and that's Mm -hmm. the power of our free will, right. To be able to choose that. So this, this is so wonderful. And so the empath started to come up and you started to notice all these empaths and all these sensitive souls. And then you recognize, oh my gosh, I had the story too, of being this too sensitive or too aggressive, either end of the spectrum, right? Protection or Mm -hmm. being too vulnerable. Right. And I, I think that so many people have to move through that. So what are some of the things that you would want empaths to know? What are some of the things that they need to know that will help them as they move on their journey of, you know, discovering who they are and, and remembering who they are? I think it's to, um, to learn to discern and discern what is mine and what is not mine. So that can be a thought that somebody else's thought or belief that we've taken on. Yeah. I can remember uh, silly, but being in a, a grade where I had a teacher I really loved and admired and adopting some of her um, gestures and her mannerisms and how she spoke and realizing now when I reflect back on that a number of decades ago, I think, you know what? I was carrying her energy and didn't know it. Mm. And so we can do it in the positive like that. Yeah. Um, but when we do it, we may not feel like we're being real. Yeah. We might feel like we're being fake somehow or because we don't have much toleration for surface conversation and how's the weather outside and all of that stuff. And we don't have much tolerance for lies and dishonesty. Mm-hmm. It's like, just get to the truth of it. Yeah. Don't play games with me. If that's the case, then just tell me what it is and let's yeah. move forward. Yeah. So I think it's learning to understand what it is. There are some empath questionnaires out there that make it sound like it's an illness. It is not an illness. Mm-hmm. It is Perhaps in some ways, something you need to recover from. But I think that's more about just learning some techniques yeah, than really recovering from it um, and learning how to really intensely recognize when it's not your energy, feel it, and then return to sender. I love the return to sender. So let's backtrack because I think discernment is something a lot of people struggle with. And Mm -hmm. what you're saying to us is, can you ask the question, is it mine or not? So that's one of the first things um, for people to do. So for example, the other day I woke up and I was like, I was feeling so anxious. And I was like, why am I so anxious? Like, I, I have a great day ahead. Like, why am I feeling this anxiety? And I had to ask myself, is this mine? And I heard immediately, no, it's not. 
Right. And so then I got to discover, I was like, oh, okay, this anxiety is coming from my partner, or my child or whatever. I mean, it's always different, but here's the thing about discernment. What if we're not getting an answer? Or what if we think we're not getting an answer? Cause usually we're, we're always getting an answer, but sometimes we're looking for it in a certain way. Or is there anything that we can do if maybe we're not at that place, Sylvia, where we're going to get a yes or a no? What are the things we can do to discern uh, that energy, whether it's our own or not our own? What do we do if we're not sure, I guess, is the question. I guess a way to ask it is, does this feel like me? Ah, right. Like, so does this feel like my thought? Does this feel like my feeling? Because oftentimes when we're carrying somebody else's energy, it can put us into like um, almost an agitated state. Yeah. But not a full out agitated, but it's just like, like I know for me, if I'm carrying what I call a visiting energy, which just means somebody else's energy, um, I can get kind of grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and I'm tuned in enough now that I know it's when I'm like grumpy like this. <laughs> there's a different way I say it. And that's not me. Mm. I'm generally pretty upbeat, happy, content. I mean, I can get healthy, angry, but the grumbly stuff usually isn't me. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel like me. Yeah. I like that variation on the question. Like rather than saying, is this mine? Does Mm -hmm. this feel like me? Like, is this Mm -hmm. really me? And I think that it just takes practice ultimately. You know, we keep asking ourselves the questions and we just keep practicing and eventually we just get better and better and we can see the clarity between the two. But you added something which I think is powerful. So regardless of whether or not it is our own, I think that this uh, return to sender still applies. So... Um. Okay, tell me how you think so. Well, you know, in my mind, even if so, if I ask myself the question and I'm not, I'm getting fuzzy answers because I know there's Mm -hmm. lots of people out there that'll get fuzzy answers and they're gonna be like, well, geez, I don't know if it's mine or not. When we say return to sender, and I always add with consciousness attached, what Mm -hmm. it's doing is it's boomeranging back to you anyways, if it is yours. Right. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. I can agree with that. I can accept that. In that way, to me, it seems like oh, well, regardless of whether it's mine, I could still say that, cover off my bases. And if it's mine, hopefully I'll have an increased consciousness. Right. Okay. See, and where I would go with it, Deanne, is I would suggest that you um, feel it first. Yeah. So if it's an emotion, we are so pre-programmed in our culture to get rid of emotion, like it's bad or something or it's dirty. That's right. Bring it in, feel it. Yeah. Does this feel consistent with me? Yes. And the weird thing is when you feel your emotions and they're yours, they'll dissipate. That's right. Because you're honoring the emotion. Yes. You're listening to your body. All feelings are as a message from your body that you are alive. Mm. Ooh, all feel. I want to say that again. All feelings are is a message from your body that you are alive. What a beautiful way to put that. Right? Yeah. And so we want them because if we don't have them, maybe we're not really alive. We're not really living. Yes. Oh, yes. And we cannot evolve and grow from a state in which we are not getting that information. That's feedback for us, right? It's a feedback loop. 
So discernment and then feel it, like feel the feeling. And so does that happen regardless of whether it's yours or not, Sylvia? Do I still feel, do I, so even if it's not mine, can I still honor and hold space for the feeling? Yes, I think so. And then you can go, you know, then it's like, this doesn't feel like mine. Right. And so if you're not sure, you can say, if any part of this isn't mine, let it be returned to sender at this moment. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. So you don't need a clear yes or no, although I still encourage you to ask those questions yeah. because the clearer you can get about it, the quicker that you can release it. Right. Now there's sometimes complicated energies that take help. Yeah. Right. Like there's sometimes when I'm like, Oh, something's going on and I'm going off to my massage therapist to go, what's going on. Right. And that's with 28 years in energy. Yeah, right. And so if that's care, be careful not to judge yourself over it because some things are a little trickier. Some things are just really, you've been with somebody you care about. They've unknown, they leaked their energy on you. They didn't mean to. And they always, when I have you send it back, I have, I ask people to send it back to people's higher self. Mm. because to me it's not like a boomerang flinging it back at to you as a person yeah. it's giving you to your higher self so you're in choice whether you want to take that into your consciousness or not right. i'm not making you change that's not my thing to do but i'm inviting you if you choose to yeah yeah beautiful beautiful i love that process so there might be some people listening sylvia that are like well i think i'm an empath but i'm not sure Can we talk about what an empath, you know, is maybe some characteristics of a a true empath? Um, You know, I'd love to hear you elaborate on on your perspective of that. So for me, there's a few things. Generally speaking, we've been told that we're too sensitive as children. That we need to, you know, get a thicker skin. We often have difficulty being around violent behavior or angry behavior. It can be really taxing on us, feel very emotional, can cause us to feel really out of sorts, afraid or anxious, even to the point of like, I won't watch violent shows. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, it just because it does nothing for me. It brings me down. It doesn't lift me up. It does no service for me. One of the things I ask is um, if I'm doing like a mini mini assessment, I'll say, so what's it like for you when you go to the mall? Mm. How do you feel when you leave the mall? Yeah. And if you're an empath, you're going to say, I feel grumpy. I feel <laughs> tired. I feel exhausted. Maybe I feel a bit anxious. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm raising my hand right now to that. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping is not my thing because I feel all the energies and it feels exhausting to me. I like, I love the idea of buying new clothes or new things, but it's the, it's exhausting for me. Yeah. 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 So we pick up energy around us. We can be very sensitive to being in a messy space. Mm-hmm. Feel quite calm when it's clean and tidy. Yes. What else? We often have a sense or a knowing that something's going to happen before it's happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that piece of intuition is often with us, whether we know it and own it. Yeah. Yet or not. Yeah. And I do say yet. <laughs> um, 
And what else would I want to say? Um, we feel other people's emotions or we feel their physicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I've been talking about holding toothaches for people, that kind of fun yeah. stuff. Right. Um, and that, use it as a- that would be more of a physical empath, right? You know, you're probably more extreme on the spectrum in that sensitivity. I know myself, like I will physically feel unwell as well. So sometimes I notice mm-hmm. in my body that that physical response too. And so some people listening might also feel unwell, but it might not be their own stuff. Right. So then you're going to say, okay, you know, like if you've got a cold, you're going to say, where did I pick this up? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, right? Oh, I was out. Oh, there's a reason for me having this cold where it's like, no, I don't have a cold. There's no, I haven't been around anybody. I can't possibly have a cold. Right. Oh, is this mine? Uh, oh, maybe it's not. <laughs> Let me return it to sender. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Right. And that it's that's true, whether it's physical empathy or whether it's emotional, mm-hmm. even psychic. Right. You know, this actually reminds me, I was watching a little video and I can't remember, you know, who the person was, uh, unfortunately, but she was talking about how, you know, when we get injured, we have a tendency of like covering up the injury. So for example, you know, you stub your toe and you like, oh, ow, ow, and you rub your toe or you put your hands on it or whatever. And even my kids, you know, when they're injured, they want me to like put my hands on it. And she said, well, think of it this way. You are taking an energy from that item, whatever it was you landed on or stubbed your toe on or Mm. whatever it is. And she goes, when you cover it, you're not letting that energy release. So she suggested that when you stub your toe, you bang your elbow, or you hurt yourself in any way, that you actually take the object and you put that injured part of your body back on the object and say, I return the energy to you. So interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I just, I felt like that was interesting to bring up because it's kind of a similar idea when we talk about energy and our ability to pick up on sensitivities, the return to sender. In a way, she's making this return to sender very much a physical experience where it's like, okay, I'll put my big toe back on the on the leg of the chair that I, you know, hit it on, right? And mm-hmm. it was interesting because I was like, okay, here comes the skeptic again. I tried it and lo and behold, voila, my pain huh. was instantly gone. And so it's just something, again, I wanted to bring to the service for the audience because I don't think that there's really limits on this, on how we can manage our energy and create these boundaries and say, hey, wait a second, I don't need to take that on. I can mm-hmm. choose that consciously. Again, back to the power of free will. We think that we have to deal with all of this energy and all this stuff. Maybe we don't really, right? Maybe it can be a conscious choice. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Another thing that, that triggers my thought process around pity. Let's talk about pity. Yeah. So pity and empaths are one dangerous mix. It makes the empath become like Velcro to everything. And not the good stuff. Yeah. So if I pity you, I kind of give you, I'm sending out an energy that for you, Mm. you can't do it. You're not capable. 
Mm. I may that not may may not be my attention, but that's how the energy reads. Wow. And so then what happens is if you get somebody that's um what's the word I want? Um empowered, that's fine. It's no big deal. But if you get somebody who I call a professional victim, like poor me, no, it's everybody else's fault. And if only this, if you'd change, I'd feel better. Da, 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 da then their willingness to just have an energy leap onto you Mm. is really dangerous. Mm. Right? It's almost like you're unintentionally inviting their energy to be on your energy. Right. Because as soon as we feel sorry for them, it's like we want to lessen the load for them. Right. So it's like, here, I'll take your backpack of garbage and I'll put it on because I feel so sad for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or we go, oh, how could I help Deanne? Let me think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could, I could get her groceries and then I could, you know what? I'm going to find her a really good therapist because I think she, that would help with what she's going through. I'm going to, you know, um, I think it would be good if she had a party. So I'm going to make a party. Like I, I'm running through and trying to do all these things. Yeah. And I said to a woman in my last empaths workshop, what if you just asked your family if they wanted you to do these things? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. We like create- how many of us have those people in our words? Like, it's like, here's an article you have to read. Yeah. Oh, I saw this, like, check it out. Mm. And we can be a class rescuers. Right. That are so unwanted. Yeah. And as an empath, when we, when our caring isn't wanted, that can feel very cutting. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not owning our own and not standing in our power and letting other people stand in their power. That's right. And you're not telling us that we can't provide suggestions and ideas for people, but I see what you're saying because I have a woman in my life um, and she's lovely, but it's like too much. It's always trying to do something and be helping but it's like in my face and it's almost like, I feel like it's just too much. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want her to feel rejected. She's trying her best. And I see that, but we get caught up in this fixing people pleasing kind of energy, don't we? And I think that's very chronic for a lot of empaths too, is the people pleasing. In fact, in most empaths, I also see this strong people pleaser. Would you agree with that in your findings? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we have, too much compassion for other people and contrarily not enough compassion for self. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I will, I will throw myself under the bus before somebody else. I won't do that anymore. Yeah. And I'm learning. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the process of yeah. learning, but I've done it a few times in my life where I just took the brunt of it, you know, and even though it didn't feel good, and even though it wasn't the truth that I believed it to be, I took it yep. anyways because it just felt like, you know, I didn't want the other person to deal with the consequence. <laughs> right. And then you unknowingly got in, in the way of that other person's process. Right. Yeah. Blocking that other people and what they need to experience. I really do love that you brought that up because... You know, I think for a lot of empaths, you know, because we feel so much, we do feel the sense of obligation in many cases, or we feel like this sense of pity for other people. And I think this is such a great opportunity for us to recognize and reel that in 
into turning that compassion onto self and to recognizing they have a path to go on and it's okay. It's okay for me to extend them love, but I don't need to carry the weight of the world for them. And this has been one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned in terms of not taking client and family and whomever I love. And one of the sayings is this, and you probably have something, a similar technique, but I want to share this with the audience because it was so powerful for me. Because of course, we're all human beings. So we have the dumpers and the drainers, right? We've got the people that Mm -hmm. dump all their stuff on us. And then we got the people that latch on. I've heard people reference them as energy vampires, although I don't love that term, but it gives you a pretty good idea of what we're talking about. And so mm-hmm. even my kids can, you know, suck energy from me. So, um, and particularly I have a deep bond uh, with my son. And so sometimes I, if he's feeling upset or worked up, I can feel him. And so I started the technique and I say, I've wrapped you in my love. You can take no more from me. Mm, I've wrapped beautiful. you in my love. You can take no more from me. So I'm saying it with authority and with conviction. I'm saying, you can take no more from me. You already have mm-hmm. all my love. You have everything that mm-hmm. you right? Um, And sometimes I'll add that. I'll say, I've wrapped you in my love. You have all that you need. You can take no more from me. So it's like, it's me kind of allowing that boundary to take place so that I'm not Mm -hmm. thinking about it or being weighted down by it because it's not sustainable for us either, as you know. No, it isn't. It'll knock us on our butts if we keep getting caught up in that. Yeah. I think we're prone to burnout. Yes, we are. Yeah. Perhaps more than others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that, though, is about not having the boundaries, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that we can have energetic boundaries without speaking a boundary. Agreed. Agreed. You know, one of my energy boundaries I set up in the morning is I bring in my energy field and I set this intention. I only allow energy serving me at my highest good into my sacred space. I only allow energy serving me at my highest good into my sacred space. So I create that energetic boundary and then I can move through the day freely without needing to feel inundated or overwhelmed by energy. And so every now and then I might have to do a top up of that intention, but it pretty much is so, you know, and that Mm -hmm. helps me. I don't think I'd be able to do the work that I do if I didn't have clear boundaries around that. And I do the same thing, but I do it very differently. Oh, I want to hear So I wrap myself in God's golden white light. Mm, Beautiful. Every morning. Beautiful. With similar intention. Yes. Yeah. But you imagine that beautiful golden Mm -hmm. white light. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that too. Oh my gosh, Sylvia. I don't even know where time has gone. I feel like we're just getting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, But we're going to wrap things up. So. You know, again, you've given us so much to build on here in terms of the empath journey and recognizing, is it mine? You know, discernment, feel it, and then send it back to the sender, <laughs> return mm-hmm. to sender. Like that, that tool in itself is, I think, worth its weight in gold for empaths. But Absolutely. hopefully, if you are listening and you're an empath, uh, you have now a new understanding. Being an empath is a tremendous gift. As Sylvia mentioned, you know, a lot of empaths feel or notice or see 
uh, things far before they happen. And so if you can harness this gift, it gives you this wonderful opportunity to connect with people more deeply, to make better decisions for yourself. The list goes on. So Sylvia, Mm -hmm. any final words that you want to share? And we will be providing the website link for everybody below so that you guys can access Sylvia's gift, um, the empathic quiz that she's got available to you. But Sylvia, final words, uh, what, anything else that, you know, you feel compelled to share before we say goodbye today? I think that as an empath, I would invite you to consider asking yourself what what is it you need in each situation. Mm. And you'll feel intensely selfish Mm. until it becomes balanced. Mm. Because if your cup is full, you can give. Mm. But it's only if it's full of your stuff and the good juju, not everybody else's stuff. Um, Good stuff, yeah. Right? Um, And so really start to look at what is it I'm, how am I feeling? What's the need out of that emotion? Mm. And what do I need? What's one action step that I can take to address that need for myself? You know, because as we care for ourselves, other people are taught to care for themselves too. Yes. If we can do it, we give permission to others. Yes. I Absolutely. love that. I love that question. What do I need in any given moment? Right. So I can ask mm-hmm. myself, what do I need? I have never asked myself that question. I don't think in my entire life, what do I need here? And I love that you've really flipped that around so that we're as empaths leaning into deeper compassion for ourselves first. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, they say, put your oxygen mask on the airplane first, you know, so you can help others. I mean, we've all heard that probably a few times now, but I've always said that that's, you know, important to me, but yet I've never asked myself, what do I need in this situation? And so I think that that's a powerful question to start asking ourselves, uh, what is it that I need here? Mm-hmm. Right. And then from that place, from the cup of being full, right, then we can pour into other people. Okay, I've got what I need now so I can give you what you need as well. And I think if we, I choose to. Yes. It's yeah. okay to say no. And it is okay to say no. Yeah. I think, I think this is a conversation that could go on days and that's why you offer courses on this, don't you? So yes, I do. folks, you know, um, if you are an empath and you've been struggling with being an empath or you're just needing to lean into some support, Sylvia is the expert in this area. And again, her website is down below for you. Click on that and you will find access to her beautiful empath quiz that you can take and any other information that Sylvia has regarding her workshops and events. Sylvia, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely enjoyed our conversation. I really have too. And I hope you have too to everybody listening. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to be with you again next time. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. So happy you could join us today, and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, 
please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.